This is the Brisbane Football Review with your host, James Coglin. I-, I led with the chin on that one and got what I deserved. Scott Owen. There's a mute button, people, don't worry. And Adam Pace. <laughs> it's good to see that you're listening. Starting now. Well, it's that time of year again. That's right. It's not World Cup time. It is Cup football time. Hello, everyone, and we're back for another season of the Brisbane Football Review. And as it has been for the last eight years, sorry if you're sick of us, it is James Scott and Adam to review the local football action that is kicking off in the midst of a uh, pretty big global tournament that's also taking place on these shores. Scott, how are you going? Absolutely. The International Festival around ball is going on, but our focus is a little bit more local this evening. James, how are you? I'm going pretty well. It's been a fairly hectic uh, last week or so and a pretty hectic NPL season in general, but I'm continuing to power on and the good news is my voice is still working. Adam, I'm guessing your voice is fine. Uh, yeah, it's the occasional Sunday night rant, but uh, but yeah. Occasional? Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, the uh, Women's World Cup is obviously the dominating uh, proceeding at the moment, uh, but the uh, magic of the cup is just about to begin, and that's uh, why we're here tonight. I'm yes. glad you're hosting, James, because you can edit out all those rants this time, as opposed to me doing it every Sunday night. Are you kidding? We're using the rants as filler, otherwise we'd have about a five-minute show. That's correct. <laughs> uh, yes, so this is uh, Season 8 proper of the Brisbane Football Review, and if you're listening to us for the first time, well, it's a lot better than Season 1. That's as far as I'm willing to go. <laughs> but as we do... Jury's for- out. Yeah, as we do for every uh, football season, we kick off with our Australia Cup Round of 32 Preview Spectacular, or whatever we're calling it nowadays. But the good news is there is local football coming up, which uh, might have been a bit easier to get tickets than the last two games that have taken place at Suncorp. Sorry, Brisbane Stadium. Got to make sure I don't get those uh, corporate names in there. But uh, yes, local football coming up. Three of the five participating uh, Queensland clubs are playing at home so that's always good news and over about 10 days in early August we'll have a lot of football to tune into so what we're going to do is again pretty much what we're used to because why reinvent the wheel that has been sputtering along with a not entirely flat tire over the last half decade Uh, we're going to go through match by match talk about some of the uh, things we're expecting from these games and most importantly Adam we're also going to uh, hear from some of the clubs as well who have been gracious enough to give up their time even after you two have been haranguing them for the NPL Sunday show. Oh, I don't know. Some, some of them were very cooperative. Others we had to sort of um, had to sort of uh, arrange. But, uh, but yeah, no, no, look, in all seriousness, we, um, we always uh, appreciate uh, how much time that the coaches and players uh, and, and, and just clubs in general give us over the local season. So really, it's really appreciated. And uh, look, without them, this wouldn't be much of a show. It does make things a lot easier, right, Scott? It most certainly does. I mean, the interviews are a big part of this, particularly this Australia Cup preview as well as, we get, as those clubs gear up to appear on the national stage, giving them a chance to talk about it on our shows is great for us and great for them. So we're just going to drop all pretense and pretend that we're on a nas- national stage as well? Um, why not? Yeah, that'll do. In before. There's no geo-blocking on our podcast platforms, which, if you're tuning into the first uh, for the first time, feel free to leave a review, positive only of course, uh, five stars, 
all that stuff and uh, remember to subscribe as well because well we're outperforming some pretty big budget podcasts I'm quite proud of saying as well so uh, let's keep it rolling and Friday the 4th of August heading back to AJ Kelly Park for Peninsula Power they've got a pretty tough first up assignment Scott taking on the Phoenix of Wellington they do, and the Phoenix of Wellington are all changed as well. They've got the new coach in over there, Giancarlo Italiano, stepping up in place of Wolfick Talley, and they haven't really brought in too many players in, so they're a real unknown quantity. And we know that Wellington, because they can't ever host a game in the Australia Cup, they don't always take it as seriously as you would think. They have, do have a pretty good record against NPL sides, but they did lose to the Brisbane Strikers a couple of years ago in Brisbane, so maybe Lightning can strike twice for Peninsula Power, but... They're going along pretty well at the moment, aren't they, Peninsula Power? They started off the season pretty slowly, but the last month or so they've really kicked on. So this could be a really interesting game because Peninsula are in form and I don't know what to expect of Wellington at this point in the season. It's very, very early to get a gauge on them, but we'll have to see how they go. It is the joy of the Cup with the way that it's scheduled. It is a little bit weighted in these early rounds to try and give the NPL or lower division sides, the best possible chance if they do take on an A-League opponent that is, in some cases, I think only a fortnight into pre-season, Adam. But either way, Penn Power, as Scott alluded to, four wins and five draws since the return of Aaron Phillips. So that's a uh, pretty solid return after the coaching change that they made. Yeah, Peninsula Power, they they have found form under uh, Aaron Phillips. Uh, he, uh, he, he, he has obviously been here before with with Peninsula Power. Uh, he, he was on the sidelines while Rick Coughlin was the official coach last year where Peninsula Power made it all the way through to the quarterfinals before we knocked out by eventual runners-up, uh, Sydney United. So it, it, is, it is a return to, rel- to, I guess, familiar territory for them, but... Uh, Peninsula Power, like the uh, like the five other MPL clubs that will meet A League opposition in the in the in the round of 32, uh, they'll they'll be liking their chances because uh, they, these tend to be uh, banana peel games, and in, in most cases, except with uh, some some very very large exceptions, especially from last year, the uh, if if you're ever going to want to draw a uh, A League club, the round of 32 is where you want to do it, and. Uh, and potential power, they'll be uh, they'll be liking their chances. Absolutely, and until last year, James, this was the round where MPL sides were able to get upsets against the A-League. So obviously, we saw last year Sydney United with that consistently all the way through their campaign, but this is the round where you really do want to get an A-League side because the MPL sides, or member federation sides, they're in form and in, in, in season and flowing. The A-League side's done. Wellington have only played the one game. James was behind closed doors friendly last week against Western Suburbs. A team in, in New Zealand are uh, five one winners, two goals for Oscar Zavada, one for Craig, one for Tim Payne, and one for Academy player Josh Rudland. So they've scored a few goals, but it's hard to really tell what that means in terms of a gauge of where they're at. And taking it back to a power perspective as well, you just don't know what to expect for them because they have had a bit of an injury crisis lately. You think of some of the players that have missed uh, recent games as well, and we saw on. Wednesday night was that it was Wednesday I've completely lost track of the time when that friendly <laughs> against Brisbane Raw uh, Michael McGowan went off injured as well as we're recording no word on uh, his status but yeah it's just it's, it's, it's another... not we, we've been we have been informed that it's at least it's not the worst case scenario so whether he will whether he will miss uh, 
the uh, game. He he won't he won't play against uh, Knights on on Sunday. But uh, whether he'll he'll be fit enough, uh, Michael McGowan will be fit enough for Friday night. That that remains to be seen. But uh, of the other defenders that have been missing, um, Hayden McHenry, the captain, I believe he'll be back. Uh, and for for the Knights game, so that's what at least one player, and also Darcy Madden, another player with the experience, especially in this competition, will also, is also expected to be back for the uh, Power game. So, that, so they Power v v Phoenix. So they are looking like that they'll at least get most of their uh, their sort of experience in the, in defence back by by the time Wellington roll in town next Friday night. And I really want Michael McGowan on in the side all James, given the experience he has, not just in general, but also in the Australia Cup. He was part of that Redlands United side, I believe, from memory, that beat Adelaide United in the in the round of 32 famously. He was obviously part of that Brisbane Strikers side, which went deep in the Australia Cup a few years ago. So he brings tremendous experience, but also for Peninsula Power in general, I don't think they're going to be overawed by playing against Wellington Phoenix. They've got plenty of experience now playing against A-League sides. They obviously played against the Raw last week. They played against them in the Cup a couple of years ago. As well, they also played Melbourne City in the Cup a few years before that. So, playing against A-League sides in the Cup is not foreign to Peninsula Power. Hasn't worked out for them so far, but certainly it's something they're they're used to. And I think again, being at home where they did so well last year, I think they'll give it a real a real good crack here. For sure, and they've got some uh, pretty solid options in attack as well. Maybe plays that you're not entirely familiar with, but we saw Malachi Love Samira. He was one of the breakout stars of the Australia Cup last season as well and Solomon Valdemarium uh, former Raw Academy striker he looks like he's really starting to grow into a very solid player as well and you know that youth that verve that those guys will be able to bring to the team that is something that ideally is going to serve them well against a Phoenix side that maybe doesn't have the minutes in the le- well not maybe they don't have the minutes in the legs uh, and might be relying a little bit more on their guile I suppose is the only way I can really think of describing it Adam yeah, and you know, we got players like a uh, uh, Oscar Zavada uh, leading the line. It, it is going to come down to if, if he if he's anywhere near sort of fit, and they they sort of don't they don't mark him up, and they sort of you know don't don't do the the job and the respect that he deserves. He's going to carve them up. So even even on you know on a couple of games. Uh, of match practice, uh, Wellington. Look, let's make no mistake; they're still a very, very dangerous team. They they did make the finals, uh, the A League finals last year, and with the, with the majority of that side back, um, they 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 still are a formidable opponent. It's just going to be a case of can um, potential powers match fitness, albeit at a lower level. Can that be enough to perhaps overrun uh, Wellington Phoenix? That that's going to be the big question. For sure. And uh, one of the players who will be out, uh, we were told as well, is uh, Aaron Opetisano. He is going to be cup-tied the mid-season acquisition from NPL New South Wales. Now, Adam, on Wednesday night, Ben Ryan was kind enough to give you a few minutes of your time. So uh, let's hear from favourite of the show, Ben Ryan. I'm joined by Peninsula Power Senior Technical Director, uh, Ben Ryan. Ben, uh here tonight, uh, a 2-0 loss to uh, Brisbane Raw. Uh, obviously looking ahead to the Australia Cup preparations. How does this game sort of factor in as far as those preparations go? Yeah, I think playing against an A-League team, you, obviously the sharpness. They've obviously been training full-time for 
about three or four weeks now so um, it's obviously to step up in, in quality in terms of when the ball comes in them they know what they're doing um, and it gets moved very quick so if anything that, that'll give us uh, you know I suppose a, a good yardstick for where we need to be at next uh, next Friday night against Wellington. The I guess the most important thing for, for you guys would be having this home field advantage. How important is it to play here at AJ Kelly Park compared to, say, perhaps the option of playing up the road at Dolphin? Well, we're used to it. Uh, I think when we play at Dolphin, it's obviously a great experience, but it's not our home ground. Uh, and Wellington have probably played there more than we have. So, yeah, look, being in your own dressing room, on your own field, and, and you know, having probably a, a closer crowd to the pitch. Um, I think we'll probably get more here than if we took with the Dolphins. So, yeah, I think that it is an advantage and we've got to use it and that's why we're playing it here. In official competitive games, unbeaten now for for a while a while now. Is that, is that, do you feel as though that after the slow start of the season that there is real sort of momentum building and that, uh, that a scalp like Wellington is, is there for the taking? Yeah, there's definitely momentum there and like there's a bit of a feel-good factor, so hopefully we can take that into that game. Obviously, we've got a league game in between now and then against Gold Coast Knights, which is obviously a tricky mm-hmm. one. But, um, yeah, look, it's, what I will say, it's a good group. They're, they're quite together. Um, they, they seem to get on and they work hard for each other. So that, all of the ingredients that you need for a, a cup set, really. A couple of injury concerns, uh, especially defensively. You, will you get a number of those players uh, back for ahead, obviously, with Gold Coast Knights this week and then and then the Cup game? Yeah, look, there's, there was a handful of players today that didn't play, obviously, and two or three of them probably could have could have played, but it's just not worth the risk. Uh, they're, they're not 100%, so if it was a league game, you'd probably throw them in. It's next Friday, you throw them in. Um, but tonight, you know, the only thing that really could have happened was they could get injured. So, uh, yeah, we, we should have... Um, Depending on what happens with with Michael McGowan, obviously I don't know you know how serious that could be, but I think Hayden McHenry's back. I think Darcy Madden's back. Josh Woolley will be back. Cronin will be back. Um, so straight away, that you know, straight there's there's numbers there to wonder what we've had out tonight. And uh, finally, if 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 by some chance that you know you can, you can get the win, mm. do you, do you want to have the home home field advantage all the way through, or would you finally want a away game? Get me, get me on the aeroplane. <laughs> We've had too many home yeah. games. Like, I don't think we're going to win the competition, so we might as well have a trip out of it. Anyway, Ben, uh, best of luck for your team uh, going forward in the Cup, especially on Friday night. Tough, cheers, mate. Thanks, as always, to Ben. Uh, He looked pretty well rugged up on uh, Wednesday night. It wasn't the most pleasant of conditions out there, was it? Uh, We were all rugged up, so (laughs) (laughs) it was a a typically cold night, and probably the conditions that you'd say that that perhaps that uh, it'd be expected, but I actually think that uh, the cold conditions, I don't think that's going to worry well into Vince at all. In fact, this is probably still summer for them. Yeah, worst case scenario is you got a little bit of a breeze. But uh, anyway, let's move on now because we've got game number two and it is coming to us from the Croatian Sports Centre down at Carrara. Wednesday, the 9th of August, Gold Coast Knights taking on Devonport Strikers, a Tasmanian side. Well, Knights, I feel like if they were drawn against any Strikers side this season, they would feel like they'd be pretty uh, comfortable coming away with the result in this one. And... Scott McDonald has a very, very talented squad at his disposal. And I, I don't think I'm speaking out of school uh, where I would say that 
they've got to be expecting to go much deeper than the round of 32. They're probably thinking they're going to be playing into uh, late September, both in the league and in the Australia Cup, Adam. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I would say that you know, if they were to be beaten by uh, Devon, Devonport, uh, this would this would probably rank as a, uh, as a as a major cup set. And that's, that's no disrespect to the uh, MPL Tasmanian League leaders, but as, as we know, that there is... There is a fairly big gulf in in talent and class between Queensland and Tasmania, but that's not to say that uh, Gold Coast Knights can't go in and um, and and you know be complacent. They've still got to get the job done. They've still got to put in the, the effort and the minutes. But they they are expected to win, uh, and they'll be they'll be coming off as well a uh, a Kappa Pro Series Cup final against uh, Olympic a few days before that. So four days before, in fact. So. They're obviously going to be fighting fit between now and that game on Wednesday week. Devonport have two league matches of their own to to play, so so they'll obviously as well be in. Um, they'll have match fitness on their side as well. But I think at the end of the day, I think that that uh, Gold Coast Knights should be too strong for Devonport, especially the the, the uh, Mercy Dash up from uh, from uh, Tasmania to the Gold Coast midweek. I'm sure they're very much looking forward to that Mercy Dash up to the Gold Coast midweek, escaping cold, wintry Tasmania for the sunny Gold Coast game. Seems like something everyone down south seems to want to do at this time of the year. So I'm sure they're very much looking forward to that. But they're going to be meeting up against Queensland's best NPL side at the moment by a considerable margin. Let's be honest, they are the NPL league leaders that are the defending champions of the NPL up here. They're in the Kappa Cup final. They are performing as well as any side we've seen in the NPL here for uh, other sides have matched what they're doing but they're right up there in terms of what we've seen from a Queensland NPL side and they are really well placed to go on a long cup run to your point Adam and the squad they have is of absolute quality look at some of the players they've got they've got players like Brad Inman who doesn't even start every week for them in the NPL but when he's on the field he makes a huge impact they've got players from that that side who've been there previously under at Gold Coast Knights and also previously at the old Gold Coast City Palm Beach which went a long way. Plus, Jaden Walker have got great experience in the Australia Cup going Josh Langdon as well, who've gone a long way in the Cup before. So they've got all that experience. And we've also got Scott McDonald coaching. And we know what a driven competitor he is. And this is his first chance as a coach on the national stage of the Australia Cup. And I'm sure that he's desperate to go well in this Cup competition, starting with Devonport. But he'll be looking further than that, no doubt about it. Yeah, and it's also worth mentioning as well that this is a very ambitious uh, club. They've got a Carrara as well. Their hopes are not just to be, you know, the dominant side in NPL Queensland. There have been some rumours this week about the uh, potential future of the National Second Division or National Second League, as some might be calling it. But I, I honestly feel like this is a side that thinks they should be playing higher than a Second Division National Comp. And, yeah... That it looks like they're building a side that is going to be capable of competing against the best clubs that Australia has to offer. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to go into this with the weight of expectation, which should be something that they'll handle quite well. But, um, yeah, just have to wait and see. Scott, we'll go to you. And then I've got a trivia question for the two of you. Well, just before we get to trivia, let's talk about Devonport just quickly, because they are, they are probably the best side down there in NPL Tasmania. Them and South Hobart are probably the two preeminent sides down there, that they are seven points clear after 14 games of the MPL Tasmania season, Devonport. So they're running away with the league 
down there in Tasmania. So we stood up, and they've only lost one game in those 14 with 12 wins. So we should absolutely pay them some respect. So they are a very good side by Tasmanian standards. Just that we've seen in the past, Tasmanians haven't always fared the best against teams from on the mainland. So we'll see how they go. But they've got. I think it's a tough ask for them. Yeah, you can't you can't discount anyone, especially in a one-off cup tie. But again, like this is one of those, I suppose, competitions that it feels like is a priority for Knights. And again, well, we don't need to run through uh, their full squad, but it is very, very, very good. All right, question for you: Which Gold Coast Knights player scored the most goals in an Australia Cup game? Actually, I'm pretty sure in any. Uh, fixture of an MPL Queensland men's player. Hmm. Can you repeat the question? Because I didn't understand what you said. That's okay. I think I got caught in my own sentence structure. So, <laughs> a Gold Coast Knights player, from the numbers that I've got in front of me at the moment, so someone will probably correct me on this, has scored the most goals in a single game of any NPL Queensland men's player in 2023. So, single game, most goals... Uh, Gold Coast Knights player. Who is it? There's a lot of contenders for this, actually, because yeah. I've got some that's, really sneaky goal scorers. That's why I thought it would be fun to ask, because I don't think you're going to get this. Uh, I'm going to go with Max Brown, just as a guess, because he scores a lot of goals out of midfield. Not yeah, Max Brown. I, that's who I was, was going to say. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with Ante Poliak. Nope. It is Christian Brymora. Oh, of course. He's, <laughs> he's, he scored five in yeah. the round five qualifying match against Albany Creek. Gold Coast won that one at 10 nil. Oh, that's right. Brymora yeah. sta- started. He does. He has been coming off the bench a lot lately, but he mm. put uh, five past uh, Adam, one of Adam's local teams. But yeah, that was that was that a does good just prove the depth that Gold Coast Knights have. By the way, we've mentioned three players there, <laughs> and that's like, then we haven't even mentioned Brad Inman in that conversation. Yeah. And there's a host of others beyond that, so that we know they've got a tremendous amount of firepower down there at the Knights. Yeah, so those five goals are actually enough to have him third on the Gold Coast Knights team for uh, total goals in all competitions this season. That doesn't count their women's side, which win most games 10-0 when opponents don't forfeit, but that's uh, a side we're probably going to be seeing in MPL Queensland in three years? Because they're in the uh, FQPL three... Two or yeah, three. three years. Yeah. Either way, just thought we should just thought we should give them a little bit of a mention as well. Um, but yeah, Gold Coast Knights looking pretty good. We're going to step away uh, for a second, and we'll come back to talk about Morton Bay. All right, thanks to everyone. We're coming up now on preview number three. It is Mr. Mayor's big night. I think is the only way to describe that. Uh, is this Morton... where you and I go and get a coffee, James, and just come back in 20 minutes and Anderson is talking about Morton Bay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm going to go start cooking dinner. Adam, Morton Bay against Heidelberg. We've seen this team a few times up here in the uh, NPL National Final Series when that was a thing, and they're heading to Walter Park. The the first the first thing is that it's it's actually great to see that uh, the uh, that the tie will be played at Walter Park. And I think that that holds a tremendous opportunity uh, for for Morton Bay. Uh, it will it, 
there, there was talk for a while that, that they may have to play at another venue, but uh, to have it at Walter Park, that, that is that is a very, very big plus. But this is going to be a very, very tight game. I think you've got two teams that uh, I think are very evenly matched as far as potential uh, on on potential as far as as what on on paper anyway but uh but uh, b- both teams as well are sort of in opposite directions as far as their respective leagues with uh, Morton Bay going into this into this weekend's NPL re- Queensland round in third place while uh Heidelberg United are currently in 10th so and are winless in five uh as, as of this recording so their form is not so great, but uh, look, the, some of the players they've got in that team, uh, you, you certainly think that they they are potentially you know, going to be a very very serious challenger to to Morton Bay. Yeah, I, I think this is shaping up as a hugely, uh, well, potentially a really really tight uh, tie, and you know, given the uh, history of that competition down there as well, Scott. Uh, it's going to be a homecoming for quite a few of the Heidelberg players, yes? Before we go into that, can I just ask one question of the Mayor? Because last time Walter Park hosted an Australia Cup tie, (laughs) the lights cut out five seconds into extra time. So as the Mayor, can you please ensure the lights will be on and working at full full capacity on on next Thursday night, please? God, I, I hope that doesn't actually go, go to that. I'm hoping that we have a clear winner in in ninety, so we don't have extra time. Uh, but uh, be that be that as it may, uh, obviously that uh, Walter Park has had significant uh, upgrades since then. So without guarantee, it the lights should stay on. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because and you weren't you there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a very good excuse for not being there. I remember. Uh, at that point in time, I was on my honeymoon in Thailand, frantically following updates via Twitter while my wife was getting ready to go out for... We were doing some sort of excursion or something. I can't remember exactly, but I remember following the updates on the phone and then the update came up. Uh, I think it was a photo you guys took of the ground of the lights going out. I was like, well, guess I'll find out the results in a few hours when we get back then. Yes, uh, Sam Smith, 117th minute penalty for Gold Coast City that night in the in what was the the Piddick Derby. It was, and uh, it was also um, the precursor to Gold Coast City losing to South Melbourne. Was it six nil in the next round? Uh, something like that. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't pretty. I, I, think, I actually think that was Gold Coast City's last ever act to win mm. as a club because they played the yeah. following weekend in the MPL semi-finals against Western Pride lost at home obviously Pride went on to win that grand final and then at the end of that season Gold Coast City folded so that that was actually their last ever win as a club because they also lost to, to South Melbourne in the Australia Cup you mentioned now you, you asked me about Heidelberg and the Queensland players down there it's extensive James they've got two goalkeepers for a start Brendan White and Pierce Clark Pierce Clark was at glory mid-season You've got Ajin Fedahadjic, who's a defender. And then you've also got Josh Pinn, the midfielder from up in Cairns, played a lot of a lot of Australia Cup football for FNQ Heat. And they've got young Owen Ashton as well. So that's five at one club. So anytime people say, oh, you're always picking on Victoria, saying, no, it's not actually as bad as you think. No, that's that's one club. And there's mm. five. It is as it is as lengthy a list as you as we lead on, it is that long of a list. But as for as for Heidelberg. Adam mentioned they are in 10th, but they're also completely, basically safe from relegation at this point. 
and then no chance of making the top four in the or top six, I think, for their final series down there. So they don't have a lot to play for. So I imagine that even though their form's not great, they'll look at this game as their last chance to really make something of this season. So I think the fact that they are a quality side with not a lot else to play for, it actually makes them a bit more dangerous than they might have been if they were pushing for a final spot and had one eye on that. So it could be a bit of an interesting matchup for them at home. Obviously, they're 50-50 against Queensland side, James. We know that they lost, they, they beat the Strikers in the, the national finals, but then they lost to lost to, lost to Lions. So we'll see how they go up here, but it's a great chance for Morton Bay at home and it's a great season back on the national stage, as Adam alluded to earlier. And also as well, just about Heidelberg as well, They their attack, they've got a couple of names that have appeared on A-League men's team sheets in Kenny Athew and uh, Kane Shepard. So those players that we... Did, Adrian Zara in that as well. Yeah, Adrian Zara, yes, as well. I, I sort of didn't forgot to write him down. But uh, but yeah, so they're, they're a side, as well as the Queenslanders that we have a lot of, that we have a lot of familiarity with. They are a team that still, even though they're 10th in MPL Victoria, as I do agree with Scott, that yeah, that, that with nothing else to play for this season, uh, a, a strong run for one of Victoria's traditional powerhouse clubs. Uh, yeah, that makes them even more dangerous. But uh, yeah, I, I think that this is a very, very close game. The only, obviously taking my sort of allegiances aside, I give the edge to Morton Bay based simply on home field advantage and the fact that Morton Bay will be on, they'll, this is their last game tonight. We're uh, ahead of the, I, th- I think, hang on, or they might have won the, one game after that because... No, it's a cut out next weekend. No, so this is the last game before. Is there, so they'll be fairly well rested. I'm sorry, I'm just losing track of time. But um, yes, yeah, so they're, they're fair, they'll be fairly well rested going into this into this game. Uh, but I, whereas uh, Hodelberg, they'll probably travel either the day of or the or the day before the game. So that might be about the only advantage that I could say. Yeah, Morton Bay um, would you know I I lead slightly to them as far as my tip on this game, but. Uh, yeah, this is, this is as tight as it gets. Heidelberg play Moreland City on Saturday, depending on when you're listening to this. There we go. Um, I will also just quickly point out as well, um, I, I was about to say, the reason that you guys are uh, giving Heidelberg a real shot at this, the fact that they're safe and this is their probably primary task for the rest of the season, is kind of why I was giving the uh, Heidelberg a bit of an edge here, is because Morton Bay are not a shorter finals football here in Queensland. They've had a great season under Cameron Miller. They've got the golden boot leader, uh, Marquez Walters. You also look at uh, the rest of that squad, Declan Smith at the back. It's so well organised. And Matt Lugo is one of the best shot stoppers going around in the NPL. However, it feels like Morton Bay is still going to have to be serving two masters heading into this game because I don't have the fixtures in front of me. I don't know who they'll be playing on presumably Sunday the 14th. But um, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be really tough for them because yeah they'll have the 10, 11 days off between uh, fixtures, but it's a lot to sort of plan out and go uh, sort of go into what is going to be a hugely busy uh, time of the season, Scott. They have Brisbane Raw away up at AJ Kelly Park on the weekend of August 11 to 13th. 
There we go. And, and the state of play at the moment in MPL is that if Morton Bay United beat Brisbane City uh, tonight at a time of recording and Lions beat Rochdale, they will like to clinch finals football. So they could get the job done tonight. Um, say, but look, if they don't, and that against Brisbane City, that is no mean feat being that they're in fifth chasing finals football. But if they do win tonight, finals football will be assured. And then, we, then they can just focus then on the cup. But we're still 90 minutes away from that. And it's certainly no, no guarantee. And even if they do lock up finals football as well, they've got to uh, have an eye on at least nabbing second spot uh, off Gold Coast United because you're going to want that semi-final at the uh, always rowdy Walter Park, led by uh, one... Led by me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's step away for a second and we'll come back with match number four. I'm joined by the Morton Bay United captain, Declan Smith. Declan, thanks for your time this evening. Uh, we're talking about Australia Cup, uh, obviously a big, big game ahead now. You've played your last game for the MPL, now going into the Australia Cup. Obviously a big occasion for the club routine for the first time since 2017. Yeah, look, it's a, a massive two weeks for us to get uh, not only the squad in shape, but also the club in shape. We've got to do a bit of work to, um, to get the field so we can host the game. Um, and there's a lot of volunteers and a lot of people behind the scenes getting that done, which is the most important part, I think. But... Yeah, just excited. I think it's such a, a massive um, thing, not only for the playing group, but just the community as well. I was, I was at the club in 2017 when we made it to the round of 16, just to see what it does to the, not only the entire club, but the entire community as well. It's, I was going to... Yeah. yeah, that's all. I, I was going to say, you were at the club in 2017. Um, obviously, how important is it to play here at Walter Park? There was talk, perhaps, that the game may have been moved to a neutral venue, but to yeah. play here in two weeks' time against Heidelberg, what's that mean to you as a player, first of all, also to the club? Yeah, uh, as a player, it's, it's massive. I love playing at Walter Park, and um, it just adds such a boost for us, and you can tell the energy just in our chain rooms before the games and out on the field as well. We, we do love playing here, and, and I think our, our form has shown that this year as well. I think we've, we're possibly top two maybe first on home four um, so it, it just makes a massive boost to have all um all our, our friends and family to come to the game as well and get to experience it with them at our at our home field somewhere we're comfortable playing is, is massive for us yeah taking on Hottelberg united who are one of the powerhouses in victoria their season's not going as great as they would like what do you know about about them as far as from your from your sort of you know knowledge and sort of what can you do to sort of to, to progress well, they're, they're a massive club. Um, I think their, their history precedes them. We, we know they're, they're huge, and whether or not they're having a, a good year in the, the season, we know they're going to show up and they're going to have expectations and they're, they're going to want to win and they're going to put their best foot forward. So I think we're ready for a battle, and, and look, it's not worth it if you don't play the best team to get forward. So, yeah. Uh, hypothetically, if you were to get, get uh, through that to the round of 16, would you prefer a home game or an away game? Great question. Uh, away game. I think we've had uh, three three home games now um, in our last outings at the Cup. So it'd be, it'd be nice to get an away trip with the boys. We've got a great great team culture at the moment. So I think it'd be awesome to get an away trip. Yeah. Anyway, Declan, uh, best of luck in a couple weeks' time and, uh, and go the Jets. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. Moving on now in the Brisbane Football Review season premiere Australia Cup round of 32 preview show. And... Uh, well, look, it, it, it doesn't get much more fascinating this, than this in terms of storylines. 
for the second game on Thursday, the 10th of August, with Queensland implications. I cannot wait for uh, this one as well. It is Lions heading down to uh, South Queensland. They're taking on the Melbourne Knights, coached by former friend Ben Kahn, who... He's, he's had some uh, mixed fortunes against Lions, I think it's fair to say. A couple of frustrating grand final defeats, a couple of big semi-final wins as well, and a couple of big regular season games uh, that have gone the way of Olympic in that time too. But I think it's also fair to say, Scott, that uh, probably the last NPL side that uh, Knights would have been hoping to draw. Yes, but also the one tie I know all of us wanted to see until we realised we couldn't go because it's in Melbourne. So thanks very much to whoever did the draw there. Got the fixture right, got the location wrong, unfortunately. But yeah, you're right. This is plenty of history between Ben Khan and Lions. I see they've, his Olympic side, as in Ben Khan's Olympic side, played Lions 16 times over the last four years. Four, yeah, four, five years previous, Mickey pardon. Nine wins for Lions, six for Olympics. So... And as you mentioned, when it was the biggest of big games, Lions were the ones who came out on top of the, the three grand finals. And also they played in the Australia Cup round of 32, which Lions also won. So I'm sure Ben Carter will be out for a little bit of revenge, although he does hold the bragging rights because they did beat them in the semifinals last year. So it'll be interesting. It's certainly a matchup I know we're all very much looking forward to to see how it goes. Obviously, putting aside the whole Ben Carter versus Lions thing, it's also a great gauge of where MPL Queensland stacks up with MPL Victoria this this game and also the Morton Bay Hyderabad game, but this one in particular, it's fourth place in NPL Queensland versus fourth place in NPL Victoria or NPL Southern Queensland, James. So it's a really good gauge of where the two two competitions are at, and I'm very much looking forward to this one. Yeah, two two really talented sides. Lions, not quite the dominant force that they have been in the past, but they have a plethora of uh, game breakers in their squad, Adam. They do, and uh, it, it's uh, about time that uh, they, they sort of really sort of step up because this season, while fourth place at the moment, and and you think that they're more than likely playing finals football, it's not normally this time of year. It's all already been settled that they're racing, running away with, with the uh, premiership. But uh, for, for players, uh, a lot of the big, the big name players, I think everyone, on everyone's lips, as far as expecting to... Uh, Star would would be obviously striker Andy Pengelly. Uh, how much how important he is to them and and the ever the ever going uh, sort of thought thought bubbles. Why has a no A League club picked him up given his record in the MPL Queensland as well as the uh, Australia Cup itself. So it, the line will be led by him, but uh, they've got that's just that's just the tip of the spear as far as Lions go. They've exciting young player for those who may not be so familiar with MPL Queensland. Ivan Ozzy. He he has been a revelation this season. One of the young young um, under twenty threes that has come through the club, and then you've got the reliable Sean Carlos and uh, Joe Duckworth in midfield. Uh, so and again, that, that the list doesn't end there. So Lions are going to be formidable uh, away from home at Summer Street. That's going to be a very tough task. But uh, if there's any side that's capable of doing it, Lions will be one of them if they're at their best. They did go away to South Australia in the second year of the Cup and win there, so we'll see if they can do so once again. But Adam mentioned some of the names of the Lions. They've also got Matt Rydenton, the former Roar in Wellington, also New Zealand International in the midfield, and they've got a really good defence as well, including Josh 
Brindle South who's just returned. So it's a very strong line. So not performing to the level they have previously in the MPL over the last couple of years. Obviously won the Premiership last year. Not not on track to do so this year. But they're a really, really good squad. And I know they were hurt by not making it to the round of 32 last year. Lost to Brisbane City at the final hurdle. So they're, they're thrilled to be back. And we'll see how they go against Knights who have Mitch Hall, the former Lions player in the squad, James. He's he's down there at the Melbourne Knights, as well as Steve White. So there's another two Queenslanders you can add to the tally of players down there in the Southern Conference. They can almost build a team of Queenslanders alone for that game. Remember that Queensland Victoria game? They can basically pick a whole team of Queenslanders. It's probably the, the best players they've got down there anyway, but there's another two for you. They've also got the Franich brothers, including Ivan, the former Brisbane Raw player. Chris Oldfield, who's done a lot of played a lot of games in the Cup. I think he actually won a game for someone in, the, in a penalty shootout memory a little while ago and also Kieran Bramwell the former Perth Glory striker so they've got a lot of experience around who've been around the A-Leagues as well so they're a very and good Cor- Corey Sewell as well Corey we Sewell's down there as well there's another Queenslander familiar. as well so they've got plenty of players who are familiar to the, the Queensland audience and also plenty of players who've played on the national stage James so they're a really strong squad down there the Melbourne Knights and this is the one game I'm very much looking forward to watching unfortunately it's on it's going to be clashing with the with the uh, Heidelberg Morton Bay game, so I'll try and watch it after the fact and act surprised. But this will be a really really good game. And there's also one other player that that probably will also be a, a big factor in this for Melbourne Knights, and that's the uh, Krukow International Javaro Nepomuceno, who's been who has been a very very well-performed player in MPL Victoria this season. When he's been available, he has been sort of shuttling between international duty and the MPL. So uh, if he shows up his best, Melbourne Knights on paper as well are a very, very formidable team under Ben Khan. And I'm surprised there's one Lions player that I haven't heard either of you mention, I'm pretty sure, specifically, Hashan Ramazani. I think he's been one of the best defenders in the NPL comp uh, this season. He was with the Raw... Uh, went to Lions and it feels like he's taken up he's taken his game to a whole new level this season and that partnership with Jackson Hart Phillips on the left that that's huge for them and Ramazani will I think scored two goals in the NPL this year at the time of recording and both have been absolute screamers off his left foot so uh yeah. Lots of long-range bomb yes he does uh so don't tell them down there these sorts of things oh come on we it's Ben Khan. He would know. <laughs> we're not talking about. It's not. It's not foreign. He would know if any. If anyone. So we're not. We're not giving away state secrets. That's Actually, you're right. The Victorian team seemed to scout the Queensland League with alarming regularity. So yeah, they would know all this stuff, hands down. And I would I'm also sure like saw, to point. I'm sure, out. I saw a scout the other night. Uh, <laughs> scouting you know, the Gold Coast Knights game. So. And I would also like to point out as well, like both of those Ramazani goals made the FQ uh, goals of the week. Well, goals of the month. So uh, yeah, and they I'm pretty sure they both got like individual highlights straight after they happened as well. So I don't think it's a secret that Ramazani can hit them if given uh, time and space. Anyway, on that, I think this is going to be a great game. And if we're going through the five Queensland uh, inclusive ties, uh, ties including Queensland sides, this is the one I've got going to extra time. We're going to see a few goals. This is the one I think that's going to need 120 minutes to decide it, if not longer. And look, I, I know we joke about uh, NPL Victoria and everything, and while I want Lions to win because it would benefit the Queensland uh, competition and potentially give us another home game in the round of 16, 
I would be really happy for Ben if he is able to uh, get Knights over the line as well. So, happy for Ben, not so much for Knights. Fair fair stance to take? Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, this, this, this is... A, it's almost a, a coin toss. It's the same the same thing about um, about Heidelberg and Morton Bay. I, I think... I think what they come down to is, is home field advantage. The fact that Melbourne Knights will be hosting, and I think that may be the, the slight difference, but a result either way, and even as you said, James, it going the distance would not surprise at all. So these are very, 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 very well-regarded teams. We're talking about some of the best club teams in the country, and this is no exception. Just glad we get to see Lions versus Ben Calm one more time, James. And Whatever happens, it'll no doubt, no doubt be dramatic and thrilling, and I'll just be sitting back watching with some popcorn and enjoying whatever happens, because it'll be madness either way. For sure. All right, let's uh, step away, take a break, and then uh, we'll come back with the All-A-League Clash to round out the round of 32. It is the final match in the Australia Cup round of 32. Newcastle Jets and Brisbane Raw, two A-League sides that really can't have been overly happy with how things went uh, last season. The Jets had to come through the Australia Cup playoffs, the Raw mercifully avoided the playoffs on the uh, final day of the season. But uh, two sides that I feel like they're going to be going into this uh, with a point to prove, Scott. They will, no doubt. But both sides, to your point, haven't had the best of years last year or even the year before that. Either of them didn't do as well as they would have liked. But Newcastle have changed their manager. They've got the former Sydney FC assistant in there now. And they actually are one of the few sides who took those Australia Cup playoffs actually fully seriously. They did beat Melbourne Victory on penalties, but they sent their full-strength side up there to, to Darwin for that game. James Victory sent a very much understrength and youthful-looking NPL side to it and ended up Newcastle getting over the line. It Down there in Newcastle, this is going to be a really interesting one. You mentioned before the break you thought that Lions and, 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 Lions and Olympic Lions and Knights might be the game to go <laughs> two extra time. I'm, I'm so used to Ben Khan and Olympic going hand-in-hand, hand, but I think this game, Royal versus Newcastle, could be the one that goes two extra time because it's really hard to get a gauge on where both these sides are. I know Raw have played three preseason games at the time of recording. You were you were up at AJ Kelly Park for the third of them, Adam and James, but it's hard to see exactly where they're at and be really interesting to match up this one because these all A-League ties, they tend to be really close games. You don't tend to get a lot of big blowouts in them in the round of 32, mostly because they haven't had a lot of football, so it's a tough one to get a gauge of exactly where they're at, but Newcastle at least have 90 minutes of competitive football under their belt. Raw have three games of... of, of basically, they are practice games, but they're, they're well-intentioned hit-outs from the Raw perspective. They took them fully seriously, but they are against NPL sides in their, in their basically in a practice game from their perspective. So I'm not sure who's got the better fitness or what, but I think it could be a really, really even game, one goal either way. Yeah, I, w- I will say about the Raw as well. Like That strikers-friendly, I think, was more about just getting things going. They were up 2-0 inside... Uh, eight minutes, and it was only 30-minute halves as well because it was pretty much an NPL, uh, the raw NPL side taking on the Brisbane Strikers FQPL side, and Strikers were, in all fairness to them, quite sluggish after uh, their weekend exertions as well. You know, not much you can take away from that. Definitely saw some signs of progression um, from that to Wednesday night against the power. Peninsula. Game power. Like it was a more serious hit out, didn't it? It did, yes. That, yeah, that was... Thank you for translating James into English. Uh, the power game was definitely much uh, stronger. Still a few players uh, sitting up on the deck near Adam and I that night. Saw you know, Corey Brown, uh, 
and company. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was out there. Aldred, Lofthouse, Parsons, Gamulka. That sounds about right. But a few first-team players just not quite involved. But for me, I, I can't I can't come in and say, well, a good Australia Cup run is going to set up the raw for a good A-League season because, well, last season pretty well disproved that. But I think it's important that even if they do go down against the Jets, they go down with a relatively strong side and go down swinging. The hard part for me when it comes to forecasting this game is I don't know what to expect from this one as well because obviously the players on the pitch are going to be going full bore. Aloise is going to be coaching to win. But it is so early in their preseason that it's probably just going to be a case of getting competitive minutes in the legs in a meaningful match more than anything else, Adam. I think it's an important match for some of the younger players in the squad because it really does. Uh, and this is talking more about Raw Newcastle. It's uh, as I say, it's very, very hard to know where where they're at the moment, uh, especially just based on the player. I'll just focus on the Raw for the time being. Uh, young players like uh, Tommy Waddingham, especially uh, a good, strong performance uh, for him, and that that could almost pretty much seal his place as as a permanent squad member in the A League side. Another uh, another couple of young players that are also probably looking to cement their place. A player like a Noah Smith as well comes to mind. That while while some of the more experienced uh, players are still sort of working their way to full fitness, uh, the biggest name being obviously Captain Tom Aldred. Uh, who I believe I, I think will probably will play against Newcastle, but uh, as well he hasn't got me. Well, he hasn't got any minutes in the legs yet. So uh, Adam, just sorry quickly on that. That will come up in uh, the Ross Aloisi interview afterwards as well. So uh, nice little tease for that. <laughs> sorry, I, I, yeah, probably probably yeah, just yeah, recalling that uh, that interview. <laughs> but um, the, the facts on that. But look, be, be as it may, to be honest with this result, I, I think. For either team, I think, look, if they win, they win. It's it's nice. But I, I don't think, you know, for both sets of fans, to lose this game, I don't think it's, it'd be worth going crazy about and saying, oh, you know, the sky is falling in. For, for the, uh, like, we, we do sort of talk about the big game as far as the member federation clubs and, you know, it's a be all end all. Look, the, the fact remains with these daily clubs, they are only a couple of weeks in the preseason. A win the round of 32 in progression, that, that's a nice thing, but if they don't, it's not the end of the world. And, uh, yeah, look, it, it's, a, it's flip a coin, you know, whoever wins, wins, whoever loses. You know what, it's not going to affect their, their A-League campaign. It just means that they're going to have to play a few more preseason games against local opposition rather than a round of 16 tie against either a member federation club or another A-League club. Just to prove your point, James, by the way, MacArthur defending champions finished with the wooden spoon last year as well. But Adam mentioned Tommy Waddingham. He's the standout of this raw NPL side. He's got seven goals for the season. And he's in one of the best strikers in the competition. He's certainly a player who, if the raw give it, I hope he gets his opportunity in this game, be it as starting or off the bench. Let's wait and see. I hope he gets some minutes. Hopefully also young James Nikolovsky can maybe mm. get a few minutes. And maybe keep an eye on Kerr, Kerr who I think has been officially listed as a trialist by the Roar in this, these preseason games, but he's been in the MPL squad, so he's a really, really good young player as well. But the point is, both these sides are incomplete, so I don't think whatever happens, don't read anything into it in terms of the A-League form, because Brisbane Roar, as we, we all read the reports during the week from Marco Montverde, they are looking at bringing in a, a foreign striker at some point 
in the future. They'll be a very different side when that player arrives to now. Newcastle, I'm sure, James, they're also looking to do some additional business. Only Bruno Apostolos, Stamatopoulos, Ryan Scott and Jacob Douse so far. So they've probably got some recruitment to come in as well. So both these sides are going to be far from the finished product in this game down there in Maitland in a week and a half's time. So yes, the result's important as a progression in the Cup, but I don't think it's going to be indicative in, how, in terms of how either side is going to go in the A-League season. You have to wait and see how the full squad pans out, and we'll do a proper preview on that in a couple of months' time when the season's due to get underway. Just see how that Melbourne, that Melbourne victory game up in Darwin, Archie Goodwin and uh, Trent Bahaja, they're, they're the two stand, they were two standouts from that in an attacking point of view. I, I think they are, they are two really, really dangerous players. If the Raw are left napping, uh, they could really do some damage down Maitland. So, so yeah, but again, as I, as I said before, it, it, it comes down to, you know, if they win, it's, it's great progression, but if it's a loss, as far as a long-term game, it's not, it's not the end of the world. And on that as well, like, yeah, I, I want them to do well, but it's also, yeah, it, it's hard to say this is make or break considering the there's a chance that the next meaningful game that they play is still another two and a half months away. Well, Just as so, an example, John Aloisi's first game, Ross's brother was formerly the Lord, his first game in charge was against Western Sydney in Penrith in the Australia Cup. They lost. Round one, they played against Western Sydney again down in Parramatta and they won. And they ended up finishing, what, second and almost won the league. So it doesn't... A loss in the Cup round 32 does not mean you can't have a good season. doesn't mean your season's over. It's almost its own separate season in a way. If, yeah. if, you, if you ask me right now, would I, tr- would I trade a loss in the round 32 in August compared to a finals appearance in April next year? Look, you don't... You, you wouldn't even need to be a mind reader to know what I'm thinking. I think because any, any reasonable football fan would would understand what you take. So it is all about long... It is the out long game, but look, it'd be nice to have both. For sure. All right. Now, let's uh, hear from Ross Aloisi because Adam and I had a chance to catch up with him. I was doing the post-match interview for the uh, Roar and they very kindly shared the audio with that. So you hear Adam's and my voices in the distance, but the main focus of this is the head coach of the Brisbane Roar, Ross Aloisi. Ross, another 90 minutes in the legs in the pre-season. What did you make of tonight's game? Yeah, it was important that we uh, did well uh, tonight because it's the second game in five days on the back of the Wide Bay uh, game. And uh, again, we saw tonight that we progressed as a, as a unit as far as understanding our structures and also you know, the fitness level is important for us to improve. So you know, we we're pretty happy with, uh, with the performance and with the amount of chances we created again against a very strong side tonight. Uh, there was quite a few challenges as far as uh, trying to break them down when they were sitting a little bit deeper. They did press us a little bit as well, but I thought we played out extremely well under uh, a high press on a field that probably probably the worst I've seen it here, to be honest with you, because generally this, this feels like a carpet. But um, you know, they, they were very aggressive, which was good. You know, they're pl- uh, preparing for their Australia Cup game next Friday against Wellington Phoenix as well. So um, uh, we also had the young players come in tonight. And the most pleasing thing for me is that they're really understanding our structures and the way we want to play. And we need that, um, you know, for the playing group because we're going to need these players throughout this season with, uh, with the restructure of, of the, uh, the playing group. 
but second game in uh, five days as well. Is it important to just keep uh, the squad fresh and rotating through? It wasn't so much to keep the squad fresh. It's actually pre-season. We wanted to get uh, make sure that they were under a little bit of fatigue and, and get some, um, some more minutes in their legs uh, and, and build that, that, uh, that fitness level that we need to go into the Australia Cup game. Had some good chances as well with uh, Kai rattling across crossbar there as well. Yep. Uh, he's proven to be a bit of a danger at set pieces this pre-season. Yeah, well he scored, he hit the, the crossbar and he scored on the other side as well, so that was pleasing. I think the set, the set plays when you've got good deliverers of the ball, which we do have, uh, are very important. But like I said, the most important thing is that the players did well. Uh, they played uh, a little bit longer. Um, we've got minutes in their legs and, and building on their fitness. and. Again, understanding our structures and the way we want to play, which was very important. Uh, speaking of Australia Cup, just over two weeks until you play Newcastle Jets. One, one more pre-season game uh, to go. How, how's things progressing towards that uh, matchup against Newcastle? Yeah, very well. Um, hopefully, we get some more players back from um, the the uh, uh, return to play, should I say? Uh, we've had players out from the beginning of, or from the end of last season, so there's a couple of players to come back there. Tom is uh, ready to play in our next pre-season friendly, um, and there's a few others ready to come back. Taras Kamulka as well, so it's looking really positive. Um, we, like I said, we're going to need a lot of these younger players as well, in, in uh, especially through the Australia Cup game, to uh, help us uh, with fitness levels. You mentioned the uh, young players, players like a, uh, Thomas Waddingham, for example, has racked up a lot of minutes in pre-season. Those are the sort of type of players uh, that you'll be relying on potentially to, to take to start or even on, off the bench. Absolutely, because we don't have a, a striker at this moment in time. Uh, we're still looking for a front striker, and that striker that's going to lead the line is is and more than likely will be um, Waddingham so, and he's done extremely well we need him to be at, at a fitness level that he can press and, and make forward runs for 90 minutes in the Australia Cup and you, you would have seen uh, Newcastle's win albeit in penalties in, in their playoff is there anything that you can see in the way they play under new coach Rob Stanton that you can take advantage of going into that, that pivotal clash so, to be honest with you, we haven't actually, uh, the, the game's been cut up, we haven't analysed it because we were away in, in Harvey Bay and uh, the, we did double sessions every single day and then played the game on the weekends. So in this game as well, we've been preparing for these two games. Uh, as of uh, tomorrow, we'll be going through the, the Newcastle Jets game and starting to analyse them and, and how we're going to match up against them. And that was Ross Aloisi after the Raw's 2-0 win over uh, Penn Power. That probably felt uh, more official than a lot of things I've been doing over the uh, last little while, but uh, good to see the back out on the pitch once again, and I just want to make a quick disclaimer as well while we're uh, on the Raw. There have been some pretty big uh, changes taking place at the club as well over the last uh, little while. Uh, Departure of Chris Fong and Ante Kovacevic. In comes... uh, Zach Anderson as Chief Operating Officer and Kasper Tafta as Chief Executive Officer and Chairman. We are aware of that. There's still clearly a lot of changes to uh, unfold at the club over the little while. We're not going to go into a great deal of detail about that now. We're just going to say we're aware of them, but we are going to keep this uh, preview focused mostly on football. However, Scott, I do want to uh, bring up one thing from that interview with Ross Aloisi, and it was basically him saying that they've kind of had to reevaluate their recruiting plans 
because of the change in um, management, basically. And it sounds like the, they're going all in on a striker, but they're going to have to wait until uh, the after the round of 32. Yeah, we'll, we'll deal with all the off-field stuff with the Raw in our season preview in a couple of months' time. Once the full off-season has occurred at the moment, it's still all in progress. But you're right. In terms of that, yeah, it does sound like a striker is their number one priority, and that's clearly what they need, isn't it? We've seen last year and the year before, that's been the one missing... Not the one missing, but it's been the biggest missing piece for the Raw in terms of their success or otherwise on the field. It's They haven't had that goal scorer. For all the good intentions they've had bringing in players like Juan Lascano, good goal-scoring record over in Russia. Charlie Austin, notable name, scored a lot of goals in the UK. Stefan Sepovic scored a lot of goals everywhere he's been. They just haven't had that goal scorer, so that's clearly the priority, and if they can get the right player in to score the goals in the front third, it that will ultimately make or break how they go this season, but we'll see who that is, and hopefully by the time the season preview rolls around, we'll know who it is. And also, just on that as well, that is a big unknown in terms of the Ross Aloisi tenure in charge of the Raw, we don't know how he's going to have this team set up. We don't know... Well, okay, if you've been to the preseason games, you've probably got a pretty good idea how they're going to line up um, roughly, but Break it's it hard to gauge... <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's, it's hard to gauge exactly... Oh, it's a four-two-three-one basically, but it's all... But it's also not really you can't get a clear grasp on in terms of are they going to try and play like Yokohama F Marinos or are they going to try and replicate the Matilda's tactics uh, from last night against Nigeria god I hope not but there's you're not going to know exactly what sort of approach Aloisi is going to employ until uh, the matches are live and counting for something tangible so this is going to be the first time we're going to see what he's got in mind for this side Last year, there was a lot of complaints about how defensive they were. It sort of came about because the best players on the team were all at the back, and it was why we had seven defenders uh, on the pitch uh, from time to time. But, yeah, it is going to be interesting for us, and I think we've got to treat this as a little bit of a learning experience. Scott? It's also the one notable influence Ross can have on this Brisbane Raw squad. So the only other players at the time of recording are Matt Acton and Alex Parsons returning to the club, but whoever this number nine is, you'd have to say it's probably going to be an influential figure in the way Ross wants to set the side up. So whenever this new striker signing is made, and it sounds like it won't be made before this cup tie, so that we won't see him against Newcastle, but whoever it is, they're going to have a serious impact on the way the side plays the game this year. So who that is will probably give you a really good indication of what sort of player they're looking for. Are they looking for a big target man type striker? Or are they looking for Jamie McLaren who can run in behind and use pace? That that sort of difference of who it is might give you a guide of what sort of style of play you're looking for. Yeah, the margin of error as far as the recruiting goes on this is so fine uh, that basically it is, as I think we described it, it is all in. Because defensively, and you look at the defensive group they have at the moment, you'd be fairly confident that they can they can do the job and ensure that they at least don't leak too many goals to be competitive. But where the issues have been, as as you guys both pointed out uh, eloquently, is that uh, that not enough goals. So this this striker, this mystery striker, 
by God, they, they if, if the Raw are going to have any success, they have got to get the right one. And, and look, we, we know recruiting is not a fine art, for so especially for a club that, you know, for any A-League club that's got limited funds and is subject to a salary cap or... or or, you know, or financial restraint. So it just has to be, it has to work if the Raw are going to going to contend this season. For sure. All right. That's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review because you guys have an NPL game to get mm. to and uh, England-Denmark are just about to kick off on the TV just off to my right in case you two were wondering where I've been looking for the uh, last half hour or so. Speaking of England, Haiti still played the best football so far at Brisbane Stadium in this World Cup. How good were they just quickly? Unbelievable. I was so gutted they couldn't get a point out of it as well. Anyway, that, that was just so, so good. Um, still a few more meaningful games to come up at the World Cup as well. We'll all be going to some of those, won't we? Yes. Uh, we'll, yeah, be, we'll be at see. some of those games. We'll see if the Matildas are any of them. That's probably the more pertinent question yeah. after last night. Hopefully they are. Well, by the time they're listening to this, there should be an answer available to that question. In the meantime, thank you, Adam. Thank you and good night. Thank you, Scott. Good to get the preseason underway. Yeah, I think we got through that uh, with minimal bumps and bruises. Speak for yourself. I've done a hamstring again. I'm out for six weeks. (laughs) (laughs) At least it's not the calf. I should have said that. That would have been so much better. (laughs) I'm not editing that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Yeah, get out to the World Cup and also get out to the local football. You've got NPL men's and women's, FQPL as well. whole lot of action taking place. And also get out to the uh, Cup games as well. Tickets are available on the Penn Power, Knights and Moreton Bay uh, respective websites and social channels. In the meantime, get out, enjoy the football, and we'll be back to review it all on the Brisbane Football Review a little bit later on. Good night.